Hello, and welcome to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Shirley, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen. Each week, we will be releasing sermons and studies delivered directly from the pulpit at our church. Our goal with this podcast from Calvary Road Baptist Church is to make the gospel and sound biblical preaching more available to a wider audience. We hope that these sermons will be a blessing and an encouragement to you each week. As the scripture reads in Psalm 119 and verse 116, Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Now, let's hear from God's word. John chapter number 1, let's look in verse number 9. He said, I, John, also, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and last, and what thou seest, write in a book, and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia and Ephesus, and unto Samaria and to Pergamos, and to Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Lord, I pray for just a minute, Lord, that you'd take us. Lord, I know that I'm not a vessel worth anything. Lord, I'm broken. Lord, you delight in taking broken things and and blessing. Lord, I pray that you'd do that today, that you'd take us and use us, Lord, not not that we might be magnified, but I pray that no man would see any man but Jesus today. Lord, I I pray that as we preach, that uh, the Spirit have free course to move within our heart and the heart of others, Lord, that what said would... Lord, uh, prick us that we had realized, Lord, that you're speaking to us that these are not the words of men nor the thoughts of men, but it is, Lord, your word. And I pray we'd allow it to speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray it would convict us and challenge us and charge us for the days that lie ahead. Lord, if there's one lost, I pray conviction would arrest their heart. God, they'd see their need and be saved before it's too late. And God, for those that are saved today, Lord, I pray once again that you would, uh, Lord, move within us, Lord, that we might uh, be what you've called us to be in this late hour in which we live. Lord, give us clearness of speech that we might be easily understood, but I pray above all else, give us that fresh anointing, that fresh oil, and help us to preach. We'll praise you and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Is this water here mine? Praise God. Um. As I, as I think about this, we, we know that Revelations, I call it Revelations, that's because I'm from Appalachian America, but it's Revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ it is just that. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ, not, not the revelation of, of John. I, in my Bible, that's what, what the title is above it, but in reality, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ, and what this book is intended to do is for us to see Christ. In all of our prophetic writings, I believe that I can prove that the reason God gives us all of these prophetic truths isn't for us to try to figure out the when. It isn't for us to try to figure out the who. We're we're in an hour, so many folks want to find out when God's going to do something or who God is going to reveal or when the man of sin is going to be revealed. But what God wants us to do in these last days is to understand that He's soon returned, that the, the fields are white with harvest and 
the labors are few and, and God wants us to be labors in His field in these last days. And so He gives us these things to motivate us to serve Him in these last hours. But as I was studying through this, I, I read verse 9 where John talks about how that he was on the isle that is called Patmos. It says, for the Word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And uh, that's all he says about it really. But it, it, it jumped out at me. Because right after that in verse 10 he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And as I began to think about that and glean and, and read what other writers had to say, I, I found what one writer wrote about, to find, I found it very interesting. And what he talked about was this, was that John was in two places at once. John was on the Isle of Patmos, but John was also in the Spirit. And if the Lord will help me for just a few minutes this morning, I, I want to talk to us about dealing with our Patmos. If we study this place out, we would understand that Patmos is a hard place. It's a place of exile. It's a place of pain. It's a place of torment. It's a place of trouble. It's a place of hardships. And it's a place of heartache. It is a political prison, if you will. And it's a place of primitive means. And here John is on this island and he's surrounded by such conditions. He has been separated by those that he loves. The one in whom he is serving. The preaching of the gospel is what's got him in this place. Loving God is what's brought him to this this end. And here he is in a moment where undoubtedly John should be enjoying the latter years of his ministry. He ought to be enjoying the, the fruits of his labor. He ought to be uh, visiting with young preachers and young pastors and, amen, and sitting around and, and sharing the great knowledge that he's gleaned from the ministry over all these years. Uh, yet John finds himself at Patmos. He's at Patmos. You understand that much of our Bible was given to us through extreme difficulty and extreme circumstances. Moses, when he was in the wilderness, wrote the Pentateuch. David, being chased by Saul, wrote many of the Psalms. That Isaiah was in difficult days when he penned the pages of, of that great Old Testament book. And Jeremiah, uh, the, the weeping prophet, and Ezekiel uh, was in exile. And, and much of what we have here before us today comes from men that were in, in great straits as God moved in their life. And John is in one of these extreme places, in these extreme circumstances on the Isle of Patmos. But he makes this statement. He says, I was in the Spirit. And what he's saying with that is, I've been supernaturally transported. You remember Paul? You remember when Paul was caught up in the third heaven? He said, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. It's really kind of the same thing. It ain't the first time this has happened. But it is the first time for John. John's at Patmos, but John's in the Spirit. And he, there he is, and he, he, he talks about this, and he says, I, I, I was in two places at once. And I begin to think about that, and how that parallels really for all of our lives. For every Christian, we're in two places at once. Would you agree with that this morning? 
We're here at Calvary Road Baptist Church. But Paul said that he has made us sit together in heavenly places. I'm glad today that even though I'm here, I'm there. And even though Jesus is there, He's here. Amen? I'm here in body. I'm here physically. God's there in body. Christ is there in body. His Spirit dwells in my heart. And my Spirit, the Bible said, our lives are hid with Christ in God. We're there. We're in two places at once this morning. The problem is, which one are we magnifying? Which one are we looking to? Which one are we captivated by. Patmos is only part of our story. Patmos is only part of where John is. He's also in the, in the Spirit. But I want you to know what, what John does not magnify. In just verse number 9, that's all we get of all that John could write about Patmos, of all that he could say of what he's facing, of all the difficulties going through, of all the heartbreak that he's experienced, of, of everything that has that came into his life as a result of, of serving God, he is not going to make much uh, I mean, of his issues. He is not going to make much uh, I mean, of his discouragement. He is not going to make much uh, I mean, of his situation, but he's going to make much of the one that has saved him, the one that has bought him, the one that has delivered and will deliver him, the one that gave him something greater than just mere life on this earth, but an abundant life through Jesus Christ. He is going to magnify the Lord this morning. And in reality, that's the choice we're given as we find ourselves dealing with our Patmos. It is, will we magnify the Lord or will we magnify our circumstance? Will we magnify what God's doing? Or we magnify what the devil's done. Amen. That's our choice. I think about this and how that Patmos is his, his condition, but the Spirit is his position. Patmos is where he is outwardly, but the Spirit is where he is inwardly. Patmos is what is visible, but, but the Spirit is what is invisible for John. And, and, and John's going to make much about what nobody else would make much about him. If this is most of us, let me say this. If this was me, I'd be complaining. Why in the world, how come somebody didn't keep me from getting out of here? If they really loved me, they wouldn't let them rest me. If they really loved me, they wouldn't let me. I mean, God, if you really loved me, I wouldn't be here like this. God, if you really loved me, I wouldn't be in this shape. God, if your word was really true, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel like I feel this morning. God, if you, was really, if, you was really, if you were who you said you were, you wouldn't let this happen. You wouldn't let that happen. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't. God, why would you do this? Why would you allow this? And what we're magnifying is the circumstance and not the Christ that has greater for you that you cannot see. He's doing something. You cannot understand. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts this morning. Think about it this way. Give me my points real quickly. I think about the design of Patmos. Every Christian lives in two places. The human domain and the heavenly domain. Paul talked about that greatly, the battle between the flesh and the spirit, the carnal mind, the spiritual mind, that, that battle that rages. And John, here he is, he's on the Isle of Patmos. And, and we cannot get so taken up with one that we lose sight of the other. And what, what, what's so easily done is we get, we get captivated by the now. We get captivated by the Patmos. And that makes us materialistic. We think that the blessings of God are in the food on our table, 
on the roof over our head, on, on the car we drive, on the money in our bank account. Those things are fleeting. Here today and gone tomorrow. Man is born a woman a few days and full of trouble. Job one day laid down and had everything that, that he needed. And the next day everything was gone. But God hadn't changed. And God still not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we cannot, we cannot define the goodness or the, or the graciousness or, or the mercy of God by the circumstances we find ourselves in. But... On the same token, if we lose sight of where we are, we'll become mystic and live in a spiritual realm and be of no earthly good. What, you say, preacher, you're going to have to explain that. Okay, let me, let me back up here. What I'm, say, I'm not saying you can get so full of the Holy Ghost that you can't be used of God. But I'm saying that you can get so wrapped up in the spiritual mindset that you'll lose sight of the physical work God's called you to do. You say, preacher, I don't believe that we ought to operate in the flesh. I agree, to a degree. But tell me what else you're going to operate in. Don't get me wrong, I'd love for some, my, my spirit to come up here and preach and be able to sit back there this morning. But I can't do that. If I'm going to preach, I'm going to have to take my body Get up behind the pulpit with my body, open my Bible, and with my eyeballs, look in the book and see what it says. I, I have to use this body. And so when, he, when we say we don't want to do things in the, in the flesh, we mean in the power of the flesh. We mean in the spirit of the flesh. But you ain't got nothing else to, to do it with. You ain't got nothing else to serve God with but this flesh. That's why he tells us to mortify, therefore, the members of your body, to render yourself dead, to make your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And that's what Patmos is about. Patmos is the avenue for you to be able to do such things. Have you ever, sacrifice can never be brought without some kind of suffering, without some kind of bloodshed, without some kind of fire, and without some type of, of action take place that, that the sacrifice must go through some, some breaking, some, uh, some type of changing. And that's what Patmos is for you and me. Uh, we may not be on the aisle out in the ocean uh, uh, next to Greece this morning, but I tell you where we're at. Uh, we're in our lives. We're in our homes, we're on our jobs uh, uh, we're in Calvary Road Baptist Church this morning and every one of us have got, uh, got a Patmos experience, uh, I mean a, a heartbreak that we, we look back on, uh, I mean a headache that, that just cannot go away, some trial or trouble that uh, seemingly nags at us uh, every day that we wake uh, and, uh, and what, we realize, what we need to realize is this, is that's not a bad thing uh, that is a God thing because uh, He's doing good things uh, in in the midst of your Patmos. As we deal with this Patmos, we see that its design is this. Its design is to magnify the spiritual work of Christ in our hearts. You cannot, you cannot be dominated by your Patmos and be strengthened in the Spirit. Paul said this, he said... Uh, my grace is sufficient for thee, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That's what the design of Patmos is. 
It is to get you to the place where you can magnify the Lord. When everything's going good, people magnify you. When your bank account's full, look how hard he's worked. Look how his education's paying off. Look how his investments have come, have come home. Look at what he's done. Look at, look at this and look at that when everything's going good. But when things go bad, and yet you still walk with the Lord, and you still love God, and you still serve Him, that's when God gets the glory. The design of Patmos. But then, I want to concentrate mainly this morning on dealing with Patmos. I want us to look at four things, four, four areas, where we can recognize Patmos, but also cling and claim the spiritual abundant life that God has given us in this life. He said, I've come that you might have life, you might have it more abundantly. So, number one, I, I find that we can, we can see this in our outward poverty, but yet with the inward plenty. Do you understand what I'm saying? That oftentimes we find ourselves outwardly, we find ourselves with not much at all. But it does not matter how low we get outwardly, inwardly, what we have of God, what we have of Christ is greater than what could ever be obtained from this world. What would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? What I'm saying this morning is, is that inward we are, we are rich. Now, if, if I was to pull out my phone and pull up my, my bank account and I would show you what I had in savings and I showed you what I had in my checking account and I, I could even show you my business account where I work, I, I could show you what, what that is and you'd look at that and you'd think, my goodness, son, how are you going to make it home? I don't have much. I don't have much money. I don't have a lot of nice, fine things. Uh, uh, the, really, the only thing I've got is the things that God's given me uh, through God's people. God's been good to me. I, I ain't poor-mouthing this morning. I ain't begging for nothing. Don't, don't take it that way. But what I'm saying is I ain't got much. I, I don't have a lot of nice things. I, I mean, my clothes, I, if it wasn't for folks buying me suits, I wouldn't have a suit to wear. I mean, but God has been good to me. Uh, but when you look at that, you think, man, I, I, I don't know how he makes it. I don't know how he gets by. If you were to search in my cupboards and make your supply, you might find. But oh, oh, as a songwriter said, that's not what makes me a king. Oh, thank God this morning. I'm glad to say you may examine somebody on the outside. You may look at the Patmos and say, whoa, oh, poor, pitiful them. They've got it bad here. They've got it bad there. Their house ain't much. Their money ain't much. They don't have a lot. But can I say, if you've got Christ this morning you've got hope eternal you've got joy unspeakable and full of glory hey thank God for the riches of his grace and the blessings he's abundantly poured out in our lives amen when we think about the outward versus the inward we think about our Patmos versus what we have in the Spirit. I want to say what I got on the inside. What God's done to me it trumps everything I've ever faced on the outside. Every trouble I've been through, every trial I've faced, 
I don't want to get too personal this morning. I, I don't want to get a bunch of personal stories out there. But if I did, I, I, I believe, Brother Paul, that there's places in my life where I, I think folks had said, it'd be all right, Brother Curtis, you can quit. They'd been okay. It's okay, Brother Curtis, you, you, we understand. You need to do this, and you need to do that, and this situation and that situation, it's, it'd be all right, we'd understand, and nobody would think bad. And it may be that way with you. There may be places in your life where everybody would understand why you'd quit. Everybody would, it would make sense, and everybody would be able to reason and rationale why you quit. But God don't want you to quit. God don't want you to give in. Because where you're at right now is just a temporary phase. There's a brighter day coming. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And you're just in a Padmas. Hey, good neighbor, get your eyes off that. And get your eyes on Him, for soon we'll see Him. Amen. Well, I should have preached this one at home first. The inward and the outward. Then I want you to talk about not only the inward, the inward plenty or the outward poverty, but I want you to notice the outward bondage and the inward freedom. Here, John has went from a place where he had plenty to now he's in a prison. John has went from a place where he had freedom to now he's in bondage. And it may seem like that he's being bound. It may seem like he's trapped. It may seem like that all his freedoms have been taken away. But I'm reminded of, of the Apostle Paul. When they tried to shut him in and they shut him down, but they could not shut him up. Ha, have you read Colossians or Philippians or Ephesians or Philemon? Uh, and there it, Paul sits in a prison. In some instances he's chained to a, to a house guard. Uh, but nonetheless, there he is, and he does not have the freedoms that you and I enjoy. He does not have all the blessings that you and I entertain every day. But yet in the midst of those things, this is what he said. He said, He made us sit, sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I mean, he's talking about the liberty that he has and the freedom that he has. I mean, he wasn't focusing on his patmos. And can I say, the Bible said this in Isaiah. He said, The Spirit of the Lord of God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek and has sent me to bind up the brother brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. There is no greater bondage than that bondage of sin. Proverbs 5 said that it's like being held by a cord. But Jesus said to the Son, therefore I shall make you free. You shall be free indeed. And you may feel like you're in a prison. You may feel like you're trapped in a marriage. You may feel like you're trapped in a circumstance. Amen. You you maybe feel like you're trapped in a, in a situation. But friend, you, that's just your patmos. That's not who you really are. And that's not where you really are. Because who you really are is you're a child of the King. And you've been set free. Hey, what those chains that wants to, used to bind you can no longer hold you. Because God has set you free. I remember well the day alcohol and drugs and, and wicked living had my life bound. 
Oh, but thanks be to God for the blessed day that Jesus came and set me free. I ain't been the same since. I ain't never got over it. I ain't even looking to, friend. Thank God He set me free. And I may appear at many days like I'm bound. Many days like I'm chained. Oh, but I'm not. I've got liberty. I've got liberty. I've got liberty in Christ Jesus. That that Patmos experience is a display of outward bondage yet inward freedom. Of an outward storm yet an inward calm. John comes to the end of this book. And we know that he gives that, that, that description of heaven. Where he talks about how the tears shall be wiped away from our eyes. Boy, isn't that a blessed day? I'm looking for the day where Jesus Christ himself will take his hand and wipe those tears from my eye. There's something I saw in the text. In verse 21, or chapter 21, verse 1. Where he said, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. Then he made this statement. He said, there was no more sea. And I tried to study out the significance of that. And I tried to study out the symbolism of that. And, 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 and there's a lot, of, a lot of writers write a lot of different things. But I think for John, that was just a personal statement. There's no more sea. There he is in Patmos. Every morning when he wakes up, there's a great sea that separates him from his loved ones. There's a great sea that separates him from, uh, from uh, uh, his work. There's a great sea that separates him I mean, from those he used to worship with. There's a great sea that separates him from a life that he used to know and he used to enjoy. And, and every morning uh, as he wakes up, undoubtedly he looks across the sea uh, and that sea is what I would tell him what the day is going to be like. As he'd see the clouds roll in, he'd know there's another storm coming. And there's some more lightning going to flash. And the thunder is going to roll. And the waves are once again going to beat where John is living. But he said there's coming a day when there'll be no more sea. There's coming a day when there'll be no more storms. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more separation. Right now there's some seas in my life. There's some things that have separated me from others. But there's coming a, there's coming a glorious day. Hey, there's coming a glorious day when there'll be no more separation. There's coming a day I'll never gather at the funeral home again. I'll never get another bad phone call. I'll never make another hospital visit. There's coming a day there'll be no more sea. Amen. That outward storm, yet that inward calm. You ever been... In a sea wondering how much longer you can make it. Have you ever been and felt like you was floating by yourself and didn't know how much longer you could hold on? Everybody else seems to have it smooth. Everybody else seems to have it made. But your life seemingly is nothing but another wave crashing. Another storm blowing. You're focusing on the Patmos. 
And you need to get in the Spirit. You're magnifying the storm. You're magnifying the sea. Magnifying the circumstance. All God wants you to do is to see Him in the midst of it all. That outward solitude, that inward fellowship. There He was on that island in our text. He said, I was on the Isle of Patmos. He's isolated. Then He said, I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. You may say, you may... You think, man, I ain't got nobody. Nobody understands where I'm at. Nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody feels in their heart what I feel. Nobody feels in their mind what I feel. Nobody struggles with depression like I do. No, nobody ever is as discouraged as I am. That preacher, if that preacher really knew how I felt, that preacher knew what I really thought. That church only knew. God does. God knows, God sees, God understands. That thing that you think is breaking you, that thing that you think is destroying you, is simply the God of heaven taking His hands as the skillful potter in you as the clay, and He's making you and molding you to a vessel that will bring glory and honor to Him. And without that heartache, without that kindling, without that fire you're going, without that fire you're going through, you'll never be a, a finished product. But if you will let Him, He will make you and mold you this morning and get you to a places to raise you to heights that you could never obtain had you not went through what you went through. I know people think I'm crazy. I probably am. Probably need papers. But I've gotten to the point where so many things have happened and so many, so many storms have arose in my ministry, in my marriage, in everything. That now, when it comes, I say, okay, Lord, I can't wait to see what you're going to do with this. When 25 people get up and walk out, don't come back. Think that won't drive a preacher crazy? When you get them phone calls and they cuss you out, and man, you want to go to their house and introduce them to the Lord. Face to face. But I found this. I found that through all of it, through everything that, that I've been through, that on the back side of my storm, on the back side of that desert, there's an experience with God that I'm going to have that will change me forever. John don't die on Patmos. Matter of fact, he don't die at all. And you ain't going to either. So preacher, I ain't going to die. And if you saved, you ain't. You're going to close your eyes here and wake over there. You're not the only one. You may be the only Christian in your family. I've got... I, as the Lord was dealing with me about this message, I had my church in mind. 
And each of these points, I can take you, I can take you right now, and I can point you right over here on this, on, on the far side of the church. I could, I could say this right here is where, where this family has been like this. I could take you right here. I could show you where this family and that family back there fits that point. And this family and that family. And on the far side over there, I could show you. And, and, and in every one of them, I could say right here. I've got bus kids that come to the church. And they're the only Christians in their family. I've got, I've got people that are first generation Christians. They got married and had kids and got saved. And there they are in the church. I've got some that are fresh out of rehab. I've got some that are fresh out of the jail and prison. Every one of them, if they wanted to, they could focus on their patents. And you could too. I don't know you, but I know life. And I guarantee you that every one of you had a patmos. Even you young boys, there's things that happened either at school or somewhere. Young ladies, things that have happened that have hurt you, made you cry, hurt your feelings. That's just a patmos. And what God wants you to do when those things happen, He don't want you to get mad. He don't want you to get mean. He don't want you to get bitter. Because that's what we're in danger of doing. The danger is this. is when those things come, when our patmoses come into our lives, it's easy to get mean and lash out. And all you're doing is spreading patmos around. It's easy to get mad, hold it in and get bitter. Then you're just making patmos bigger than what it already was. What God wants you to do is to get better. He wants you to allow Him to take your Patmos experience and bring glory and honor to His name. The revelation of Jesus Christ. By John, who by the way, was on the Isle of Patmos. He don't make a big deal out of it. He don't magnify. He don't say that it wasn't there. He doesn't say that it ain't real. I'm not saying your problems ain't real. I'm not saying those tears aren't real. I'm not saying that heartbreak ain't real. I'm not saying the nightmares aren't real. I'm not saying the worry's not real. What I'm saying is this. It's a God that's bigger than all that is real. My, my question today is this. Your decision from Patmos. Will you let Patmos direct you? Will you let Patmos define you? Will you let Patmos be what drives you? Or will you let it be the Spirit? Let's all stand. Thank you again for listening to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, you can find the link to our website in the show notes to www.calvaryroadbaptistchurch.com. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen to today's sermon, and we hope that the Lord will use it to edify you in the faith. If you'd like to help spread the word about this podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, or by telling a friend. Thank you again, and have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.